This is episode four of the Rise Up podcast. We're a morning radio show hosted by Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life, a network of stations across New York and Pennsylvania. Our podcast is a weekly conversation that will help you think and grow in your faith. If you haven't already, subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode. And find out more about our show at familylife.org. Starting your day with fun and encouragement. This is Rise Up on Family Life. Isn't it great, guys, being a Christian? And uh, once you become a Christian and give your life to the Lord, there's no disappointments ever. Life oh, goes smoothly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. that was uh, that was called sarcasm, which is not a fruit of the Spirit. Uh, <laughs> He's checked a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So disappointments. We're talking yeah. about disappointments today. Yeah, yeah. It literally, when when I hear the word disappointment, for a lot of reasons, I'm taken back to fourth grade. When I was literally disappointed. <gasps> mm-hmm. What was now, the job it, you were given that was well, taken away? It wasn't a job. It was it was a it was a plastic trophy. I was really hoping for. Mm-hmm. It was the spelling bee. Ah, yeah. I had always thought of myself as like the English grammar kid. Like spelling was was the thing. I mean, at mm-hmm. that. By that age, you've only been exposed to like a little bit of science, a little bit of math, English. You know, that's kind of it. Yeah, spelling, it's just language. Spelling, by the way, has two L's. Spe- so. Spelling. No, go ahead. Uh, so <laughs> this whole thing, it was like, that's, that's the one I'm good at. Spelling's the one I'm good at. I'm going to do the spelling me. As you all know, I have a history of not doing sports ball very well. Mm-hmm. That was clearly not my thing. So spelling was my thing. Spelling bee comes up. Well, it comes to the word a point. Simple word, two, two syllables. Ah. A simple word, a point. Mm. A P O I N T. Oh. A point. Or what do they yeah. do? Does it? Yeah, eh, they, whatever they, they do. They I'm sorry, little, Timothy. They didn't crush my heart that yeah. that abruptly. Oh. Yeah, of course. Uh. As we all know, it's got two P's, right. and it was rather as I know now. But the reason why I say I'm still reminded of it to this day mm. is that anytime I spell the word disappointment mm-hmm. or occurrence Mm -hmm, these double consonant words they still get me and they're always that little reminder Mm. of that first disappointment wow i'm sorry about that yeah i didn't want to bring up that occurrence oops there there i go sorry you've really carried this around for a long time i'm sorry tim i have but you know whenever i spell the word spaghetti Uh i'm really proud because i think you know what i did get that one right (laughs) good and that's like that's anybody can agree that's harder than a point clearly i was just it was just a momentary lapse of judgment did you get instead of a trophy did you get a meatball for spelling that one right <laughs> that no. would be awesome i would still compete in spelling these <laughs> yeah. today if that right. were the case right Therese, when we say uh, disappointment what do you think of well not so much from my own personal experience but i was watching a documentary the other night uh right actually before the super bowl it's on Disney Plus. It's called The Four Falls of Buffalo. And it's about those four years where Buffalo went to the Super Bowl but didn't win. And all the stuff that was happening behind the scenes that I didn't know at the time because I was much younger and a casual observer. But the very first Super Bowl, if I can paint a picture for you, was the one where Whitney Houston sang the national anthem. I mean, mm-hmm. so iconic event in every way and it came down to the final seconds and a man named Scott Norwood had the chance to win it all for Western New York and that ball went just a little okay a lot right (laughs) okay and it was all wrong missed the field goal the Bills lose and they come back and you think 
man, this guy is not ever going to be able to show his face in Buffalo ever again. And when they had the team rally, and they're disappointed because they were the ones, like they were having a great year. It was going to be them all the way, and they didn't all because of this one guy. It wasn't like that. The crowd started to cheer. We want Scott. We want Scott. And when he got up there, they just erupted in applause for him to let him know, hey, we still love the entire team, including you. You know, we're bleeding red, white, and blue all the way through. And one of the things that he said from the podium that day was, I have never felt more loved than this moment. And it was so profound to me because I realized how in the midst of someone else's disappointment, we can be cheerleaders for them, you know, and it turns it from a fourth grade experience that you remember for a lot of years into something where you say, you know what? Yeah, that didn't go the way that I'd hoped, but look at this, you know, and so maybe disappointment is an opportunity in the kingdom of God for us to be able to see grace, to be able to see love in the midst of our human flaws. Exactly. That's what Therese did. Uh, sorry, we're going to talk sports ball here again, right, Tim, okay. just for a quick second. But it's funny you bring up missed field goals. Uh, Therese's team is the Chicago Bears. Doink. And they played in a playoff game a few years ago, <laughs> my team, the Philadelphia Eagles, and it looked like Chicago was going to win. They had yeah. an easy field goal to win the game. And it hit the crossbar, hit the crossbar, and doink. Oh, it literally missed. went doink. 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 <laughs> <clears throat> so Therese was disappointed, but the next morning, did I show Grace? I can't remember. I'm pretty sure you didn't. <laughs> I probably didn't. I but it's didn't, all, but you it's and just, I know we can joke about that, though. Right, and, and I joke, helpful. when, when yeah. you think about disappointment, a lot of my, like, when you say fun disappointments or little disappointments come from sports, because I'm such a big sports fan. And right. when you're following a team and all of a sudden they lose, and it's like, oh, that's a disappointment. But the, the one thing that comes to my mind, and it's interesting, because recently we, we had this verse, and it's been uh, as verse of the day. It's one of those moments in life that I will never forget. I can actually place myself. I can feel, I can touch, I can smell where I was when... Now, I didn't hear God's audible voice. I never have. But it was the closest thing to that because it came from what was a major disappointment uh, at the time because I was at a job for a little over 19 years, just short of 20 years, and they decided to change the radio format, so I was out of a job. Mm. And, uh, of obviously that's a disappointment when you lose a job that you've had for a long time. And um, here's the disappointment part. This was a place where they had parties for people when they had left, uh, when people had been around for a couple of years or whatever, and they had a going-away party and that kind of thing. Well, I'd been there for 19 years, and all I just went to the uh, uh, the HR department. They gave me some papers to fill out, and they said, uh, okay, that's it. And and there was nothing even said. I, I came back the next day to pick up my stuff from my desk, and it was just kind of like I mean, it was like someone was just walking into the building and picking up their stuff. And left. Nothing. There was no any thank you, way to go pat on the back or anything. And I remember driving home and it was a very short drive to my house, about a five minute drive from the radio station to my house. And I was, I was not seeking God at that moment. I was, I was actually angry. I was mad. It's like, wait a minute. And to myself, I'm having this conversation. I've been here almost 20 years and I don't even get a thank you and a pat on the back. And this so close to God's audible voice said, Steve, remember 
that that radio station was not your source. Hmm. And wherever you go to work next, they're not going to be your source either. I'm your source. I'm always will be your source. Hmm. And I was driving down right next to the grocery store. I can tell you which one it is. If you, I was on a hill and I was, it was like, see, I wasn't like praying. I wasn't like, right. oh God, help me. Help me in my middle of my big disappointment. I was angry. I was mad. God met me right there. And, you know, so it wasn't, I know it wasn't me because I wasn't like, oh Lord, oh Lord. It was God saying, look, I'm your source. And that verse in, in Colossians about whatever you do, work it all do it for the Lord, not for human masters. Mm. That just has stuck with me. And that's been how many years now? It's been 12 years or so. And I can just picture that place right there. And that has always been a, a thing. Even when the pandemic hit, mm. you remember that a couple of years ago? Yeah. And everybody was wondering like, oh, what's going to happen with, yeah. with everything, whether it be your job or our job or everything. And I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, well, sure, I'd be disappointed, but I know that's not my source. God's my source. He's going to. And I had this confidence that normally I probably wouldn't have had if I hadn't had that moment, which Mm. will always stick with me. So um, so maybe, you know, going about your day today, just know that that job. Yeah, God provided it and you're thankful for it. And you maybe love your job and we love our jobs, but it's not where the source comes from. God supplies that source. So how can we circumvent disappointment? I mean, if you know that God has something good planned for you because Scripture promises that he works all things for good for those who love him. And if you know that he controls all things, whether or not you're going to lose your job or misspell a word or lose a football game or whatever, I mean, if we can trust in that, then how can we avoid being disappointment? Like what's kind of the thing we plug in, you know, the fix that we apply to our lives or our mindset before we get to disappointment? And I don't think it's avoiding the disappointment, just like you don't avoid or you don't ignore a a bad thing that happens in your life. You acknowledge it and you say, OK, that happened. Now, let's let's get back on course. It, for me, it's like, OK, this is my thinking. But what does God want me to think? And so it's like, yeah, you're off course for a second for a little bit. And then it's like this readjustment period. Yeah, I, I think for a lot of things, there's probably a varying degree of like a, a grieving process that's important to acknowledge like Mm -hmm. wow i didn't win the super bowl and like that was my kick or that really hurt i gave a lot to that company and now i'm gone of course acknowledging it and letting grief have its place whatever's wise with that however however long that takes but it's got to be that process of reminding yourself even even from the initial moment of that disappointment so as to not let it crush you like you're talking about, Therese, so that this this cloud of disappointment doesn't become all you see. Reminding yourself, I think, the truth of Scripture before you can feel it is a really important thing. And also being thankful for what you do have. Well, yeah, thankful. you may yeah. have been you may have lost something. And indeed you have. And the grieving process is important. But now the adjustment of like, OK, that's what I don't have. But let's be thankful in what we do have. Yeah, right. Yeah, I still have a wife. I still have a family. I still have a house mm-hmm. to go to. And start thinking about all those things you're thankful for. It puts you to that attitude of gratitude that we talk about. But what if it wasn't just for the stuff that we would categorize as good? What if we stopped in the middle of our disappointment and said, God, thank you for taking that job away. Mm. 
I don't know what you have planned, and I don't know what would have happened if that station hadn't changed or if that management hadn't made that decision, but I'm thankful that I lost this job. Mm. I don't know why yet, (laughs) but you can be thankful. Thankful, Mm -hmm. God, that you're sovereign, you know, and I don't know the benefit to the kid who won the soup the super bowl the kid who won the spelling bee who's a super bowl to me Therese. <laughs> i'm sorry i have to remind myself that you're not scott norwood for a second um, a lot of people tell me that but i mean there's a whole nother story you know for the kid who won and yeah. in that moment obviously as a fourth grader you don't have the wisdom to say thank you lord that you you know, took that away from me, but maybe there was a life lesson. And I think that's what happens to us a lot on this side of the earth. We see something happen and in our human minds, we go bad, good, Hmm. you know, but what we see as bad, I think when we get the entire revelation of God's plan someday, we're going to go, oh, good, 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 good. I couldn't see it as good from my perspective. You know, it's funny because we always talk about Romans eight twenty eight about, mm-hmm. you know, God thing works all things together for good. And sometimes we forget to go to that next verse on 29 when it actually talks about because we look at that as like, oh, it's going to be for our something good's going to happen and we're going right. to see it. But like right. you said, Therese, it may this is God's kingdom, not our kingdom. Mm-hmm. And God's still working it out. Maybe you'll see it in your lifetime on this earth. Maybe you won't. Right, right. But it's all for his good. And he has a plan, and you have to have the confidence in that, whether you see it in this lifetime or in eternity. Coffee? Check. Music? Check. Fun and encouragement? Check and check. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. Uh, It's exciting to get a letter and open it up, and this is one of these stories where it arrived, well, not just in time, 75 years later. They oh, sold the postmark, okay. 75, that's a long time, uh, for mail to reach one place to another. And it really wasn't theirs because there had been people who had moved in the meantime. Anyway, they found who it belonged to, and there's still, there's still a mystery why it took 75 years. But I just hope that there wasn't like a coupon with an expiration date on it in that thing, <laughs> which reminds right. me of the scariest piece of mail I personally ever received. This was about 20 years ago, and where I lived in Oklahoma, there was a funeral home that did a lot of marketing. They did tons of advertising. They were on Mm. TV. They were on this. And one day, I got this huge manila envelope, and it had the funeral home name as the, you know, the return address on it. Mm. And they would give specials all the time for, you know, burial plots and everything. But on the front, my name on it, stamped in red... From a funeral home, it says, hurry, your expiration date is soon. Oh, no. (laughs) Terrible. That's terrible, man. If you're looking for fun, hope, and encouragement, you've come to the right place. This is Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. Don't panic. Don't panic. But we're going back to Y2K. Uh, Not because of computer glitches and issues and things like that, but because there was something else going on in that time when people were stockpiling canned vegetables and dried goods. There was, at that time, over 20 years ago, a coffee shortage. I didn't know about this, that that was going on. Maybe that's really the reason people were panicking. Now, now I know that sounds dire, that we are, it's true, as a planet uh, in the same shortage of beans as we were in Y2K, which is quite a drastic shortage. But don't worry, there are alternatives to that morning cup of coffee that we love so much. Mushroom coffee 
is the strangest thing that I've heard of that I haven't tried and I really want to now that I've read a little bit about it. It's made from dried and powdered mushrooms and you mix it with 50-50, like kind of Hmm. one part this mushroom mixture, one part coffee. Sounds weird. I'll admit, sounds weird. But people who try it say, well, you got to try this stuff. There are benefits to it, supposedly. It's a really rich tasting cup. It looks like coffee for what that's worth. But it's not the only alternative to coffee. There are other things that can be done. Roasted grains can come to the rescue, even dandelions. So do not panic. Do not panic. Even though there is technically the worst coffee shortage since Y2K, if we get really creative, We might just get through it. Facing a whole new day is a lot easier when you remember that God is in charge. You're listening to Rise Up on Family Life. All right. I understand there are some people who are lactose intolerant, but I think now we need to put a line in the sand and agree that this has crossed the line. Oh, I'm ready. Let's hear it. In a world where we have almond milk and coconut milk Mm -hmm. and soy milk Mm -hmm. and oat milk, there is now... Potato milk. Really? Here's how it's made. Basically, you boil potatoes, and then you combine the starchy water from the potatoes with the pureed potatoes that are then (laughs) squeezed out to make this starchy... Nobody says it's good, by the way. Everybody (laughs) is like, this tastes awful. And I always wonder, in times like this, when humans get so creative, what God's take is. Like, is God like, come on, you people. I gave you like, what, five, six animals that all give milk, (laughs) and you're still trying to reinvent the wheel. We hope the rest of your day is just as much fun as this. You're listening to Rise Up on Family Life. You smell like a potato. It's a compliment if you tell the Idaho Potato Commission that because they (laughs) celebrated Valentine's Day with a limited edition product, Potato Perfume. I think if this becomes popular, not uh-huh. just for Valentine's Day, it could be used for other uh, big events. You'll be proud of me when I thought of the Star Wars Darth Tater uh-huh. perfume. And so for like you, for May 4th, yeah. And for literary enthusiasts, the Edgar uh-huh. Allan Poe. Potato. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, the possibilities are endless. Today is going to be great. We just know it. This is Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. What is love? For some, it's sweet and romantic, but not you. You're salty and slightly crispy. You desire a fragrance that says, let's catch up. Fritz by Idaho, a blend of distilled Idaho potatoes and essential oils. Just one spritz makes your mouth water. You know life is not a spectator sport. When you only have eyes for potatoes, choose a fragrance by Idaho, like Chipnam Number 5, a classic with a new crunchy twist, or White Russets, when diamonds are just too fancy. Some fragrances are for going out, Ours are perfect for an evening on the couch. Potato Scents by Idaho. Redefine appealing.